Hi, my name's Liz. Hi, I'm Alaire. And this is Naked with Liz and Alaire. Um, we wanted to introduce ourselves and let you guys know why we're doing our podcast. Um, just a couple basic points. Um, to reach out to people. To help others. And to help ourselves heal. So, this week, uh, we're coming to you from Alaire's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) And... Uh, this week, um, we're going to hear from one of our hosts. Uh, it's going to be Liz's story. So Liz, if you want to just take it off. All right. Um, so my name is Elizabeth Emery. I was born in Toledo, Ohio. Um, moved to West Virginia when I was three. I'm not getting into my whole lifelong story. Um, I'm just going to pinpoint the big points in my story. Um, when I was younger, um, through elementary school and uh, middle school and high school, I was made fun of for being fat, tall, red hair, whatever, you name it, I got made fun of for it, um, which le- led to a lot of um, self-esteem issues. I did not like myself. I did not love myself. Um from there, I graduated high school. Um, my life was actually pretty good. Um, I, you know, I, in high school, I did a lot of, smoked a lot of pot, um, coke here and there. Um, you know, but drank, of course, high school. But um, right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing too crazy or, you know in a way, what I would say, addictive, because, you know, I would do it, and we would party, and then I'd stop, go back to school, and, you know, live my normal life. Um, As I graduated from high school, I started drinking a lot more. Um, I noticed I, you know, would drink, I mean, literally, I'd work, go home, drink with my friends, sleep, go back to work, you know, etc., etc. Um... And it seemed to become a problem, but I had then let it go. I don't, I, I don't really remember what happened, um, but I had moved into an apartment with one of my friends. And, you know, it was just time to get serious, so I did. And I quit drinking so much. Um, as soon as we moved into that apartment, though, the drinking, you know, caught up to me again. And uh, it, you know, affected me big time. Um and then I met this guy and fell, I mean, heel over head, head over heel, whatever. Head over heels. Head over heels. <laughs> Boom. Heel over head. <laughs> and um, within three months of being together, I was pregnant. And, um, you know, I, it was, you know, life, it was time to get my shit together. Um, my shit was pretty together. I always, you know, had a job and worked it. It just, you know wasn't always together together but anyways um I got pregnant um and about a month and a half later I had a miscarriage um and that really brought me down um my boyfriend at the time who uh he he did pills and um it wasn't really bad it was just I guess maybe it wasn't 
I didn't notice how bad it was. Because, you know, you can go through those things. And, you know, yeah. when you love somebody, you just ignore their flaws. You're just like, what flaw? That's not a flaw. Right. And I think you rationalize a lot of things. Oh, like, yes. Like, yeah, he does pills, but he doesn't do pills all the time. Right. Or... Yeah. Like, oh, he only does pills on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You know, right. like, and and he could still hold a job and do his drugs and stuff. But, um. I remember after that miscarriage, I was heartbroken. The only thing I ever wanted to be in my life was a mother. Because I knew that was something I was good at. Um, When it came around to it and, you know, it happened, my body decided to tell me, you know, you can't hold kids. You know, we find out later that, like, I, I, you know, I I can't really have kids. It's, It's just a thing that's wrong with me, you know. And, um... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, he was doing pills, and so I decided to ask him, you know, can I do a pill with you? And he started sharing with me. And we were, like, probably almost two years into our relationship, and I was still working a job. We were living at his mom's house in his in uh, the attic. Um, but I was still working full-time. I was still doing, you know, doing pills. I was doing... Um, more liquid morphine, um, Percocet 30s, Perc 10s, 5s, uh, 20s, you know, whatever I could get my hands on. Um, what are the Opanas? Mm-hmm. Um, Opanas were rough, yeah, they're so right. Um, and uh, we would do coke every once in a while. Um, his thing, it really wasn't, you know, he did coke occasionally, and this was literally occasionally. But pills were an everyday thing for him, which began to be an everyday thing for me. Um, which brought my mental health to, like, uh, a halt. I became so depressed that I just didn't know what to do with myself, you know. And, you know, we're two years into our relationship, and I'm so depressed. And if I don't have those pills, I'm not happy. You know, it was, I leaned on, on those to be happy. I leaned on those to get through the day. I leaned on those to, you know, focus on the good in our relationship because our relationship was not always good. We were on drugs, so therefore, you know, there was fighting. There was just tons of stuff that, you know, it could have been completely avoided if there was no drugs in the scenario, but there was. Um, so in November of 2017, um, I got pregnant again and I was so excited. I was, uh, we were on a break at the time. Um, and I remember calling him and telling him and, you know, he, he was like, oh, okay. You know, he was living in Columbus at the time and he was like, I'm coming home. And then I was like, you don't have to right away, you know, but, you know, I just want you to know that I'm pregnant. And it, um, you know, I, I, every time I was pregnant, I stopped doing drugs, stopped drinking. I was not one of, you know, not that I'm judging anyone out there, but I was just not far enough into my addiction where I, that I couldn't stop because Mm -hmm. I could just stop. Right. Um. I, you know, found out I was pregnant again, had a miscarriage, um, and it just devastated me. I mean, I don't know what. So, I was doing perks and, you know, all that stuff, 
And then one day, um, his sister had come up to me and she said, Hey, will you go half on, or will you buy this Subutex and I'll buy a quarter off you? And I had no fucking, I, all I heard about Subutex was that they make you sick. Yeah. That, you know, you do them and you throw up or, you know, if you do too much, you throw up. Right. So somehow, you know, she had convinced me and I was like, okay, whatever. And I remember the night, um, I did half of a quarter and I didn't feel a thing. I had looked at my boyfriend and said, can I have another quarter? Now, mind you, I had bought this pill and I was asking him if I can have, you know, another quarter. And he said, yeah, yeah, but you're going to get sick. And I was like, okay, well, I did that, um, I did the other half of my quarters, what I, you know, and still nothing, so I was like, give me another quarter. So I did another quarter, and lo and behold, I got high as hell, but I got sick as hell. And I threw up, oh my gosh, almost, I mean, it was just like, it was miserable, I was miserable. And (laughs) so, sorry, was that the first time that you had ever been dope sick? Like, sick off of a drug? Like, dope sick in general. I mean, like, like not got high and then got sick, but I mean, like, you're getting high off of a recovery drug, so it's putting you into, like, dope sickness. Am no, I wrong? Uh, well, I mean, I hadn't, I've never been dope sick before, no. Okay. So this is, yes, technically this is, like, that would be the first time that I had, because w- w- when I would go without the pills, even then, I wasn't. I didn't withdraw from Percocets or anything like that. And I wasn't sure why. Maybe it was because I wasn't doing them, you know, as regularly as, you know, my boyfriend was. But, yeah. you know, that, uh, yeah, I guess that, yeah, you would say that was the first time that I had, which I had no idea that Subutex was, at the time, a recovery, you know, to right. get you off heroin. Right. You know, which I had right. never tried in my life yet. Right. You know, and I was like, what? But, um, so, but from that point forward, all I wanted was subutex because that high just, I mean, it caught me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. It was different from the Percocets. It was, it was a high I liked and I didn't care if I was going to throw up. I was doing them. Um, but I was a functioning addict. You know, at the time, I, I really was. I was, I was just go. I could keep my job and still go home and do my pills and, you know, everything was okay. You know, now mind you, I was living for free either at my parents' house or in my boyfriend's mom's attic. So, that, um, I would say give it, let's see... Two more years of just subs and whatnot, um, you know, um, I tried crack for the first time. And I will never forget that ever in my life. Um, I, you know, and even then, I would only do crack. I would, I would hide it from my boyfriend and I would do it, you know... Every couple months, I would save up, you know, a couple hundred bucks, get a big amount, and do it all at once. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then that was it for the night. Nobody knew about it. You know what I mean? It was 
I, I usually sat by my fucking self, which is goddamn miserable, but you know what I mean? That's how it goes, though. Yeah, and um, so that happened, and then I, um, my, like, my mental illness through all this, I mean, I have depression, anxiety, um, they think I'm borderline bipolar, that's a give or take, just because of my ups and downs, mm. um, PTSD, um, uh, um, DPDR, which later in other episodes we'll get to what that is, um, because a lot, not a lot of people know, um, oh gosh, offhand, that's, you know, probably most of my mental illnesses that bother me, daily anxiety, depression, you know, PTSD, blah, 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 but, um, so, you know, and mind you, in all this time, I was not on one, oh, I was on my benzos, mm-hmm. um, I was prescribed, um, and to this day, and I, and I hold this to you as a recovering addict, to this day, I never, ever, ever abused benzos, mm-hmm. because I had, um, a, uh, a very um, bad experience with K2, um, that super cush fake weed. Yeah. And the only thing on the earth that ever got me out of those panic attacks was a Xanax, you know? And I, I didn't buy them off the street because, you know, I, I'm, I'm prescribed them. And, um, and they help. And, you know, it, it it's just... You know, some people might not think I'm clean, but, you know, I'm, it's, it's who I am and it's none of your goddamn business what I do to stay clean. You know, some people are, are on MAT, um, medically assisted treatment, mm-hmm. which is Suboxone, Subutex, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Go, f- good for them. I abuse Subutex. I can't be on that shit. You know right. what I mean? Right. But, um, but anyways, where, I, where I left off was crack, um. Well, then it started to turn into, um, a bad, like, I would start selling phones of mine behind, uh, my boyfriend's back, um, and, like, my crack, and then, uh, he went to jail one night, and I had the money to bond him out, but I went and bought an eight ball of crack instead. Mm. You know, things yeah. like that, that, I mean, and then we had to move into the dealer's house. And I really think that's when my life completely fell apart. Um, now, mind you, in all of this, you know, this is mostly my addiction story. Um, I've been raped four times. Not by my boyfriend, but people that I know. Um, not by family members or anything like that. But I had been raped four times. Um, you know, I, I my boyfriend, he wasn't the greatest to me. I'm not going to talk down on him. But, it, you know, we were not in a good relationship. Toxic both ends. You know, we, we were not good together on drugs. So, when as soon as we moved in to... He went to jail... Um, we moved in with the dealer. So, how old were you when you moved in with the dealer? I was, that was 25. I was 25. Okay, so, 
I am 26 now. So my life really didn't start going downhill until, you know, we moved in there. And um, I did some pretty raunchy-ass things to get crack. You know, nothing like I'm... I just say that in a way of any recovering or, you know, addict out there knows, you know, you do stuff to get stuff. Yeah. Um, so, right, but right before we moved in there, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, my boyfriend and I had bought three houses together. Um, the one we lost because the man wouldn't take our payments. Now, like... <laughs> Everybody, like, felt like, like, oh, you guys just weren't paying your bills. No, I had good jobs, and I took care of me and my boyfriend, but, you know, it, the man, the one, the man wouldn't take our payments. The other one, um, my boyfriend's aunt took it out and sold it up, uh, up from under us when we owed her, like, $300, and I told her that I had the money, and she wouldn't meet me. Um... And what the other what happened to the other one? Um, we oh god, I can't remember. My brain smoosh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we uh, we did all that. Well, mind you, while I'm in active addiction, but this is where it comes to. Now we had just lost the house. He went. Uh, my boyfriend went to jail. He just lost our. We we had just lost the house that we were living in. Um. But part of my story in, includes, which, uh, you know, Alara will tell her um, in her story, um, us sitting at that house and her looking at me and saying, you know, I think I'm going to go to rehab. Yeah. And I never, like, you said that to me and it just, I was like, you know, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Good for you. You're doing this on your own. But it just still wasn't to me that I had a fucking problem, mm -hmm. you know, as we were passing around a meth plant. Right. Smoking <laughs> it. You know what I mean? We're like, you know, hey. Get the I'll... last little remnants out of it. Right, yeah. 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 Oh, I don't have a fucking problem. Yeah. Smoke this goddamn bowl. Yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> anyways, we move in with this dealer and fucking, <laughs> um, I stole from my parents um, I did them dirty. I'm so glad that, um, they forgave me. I'm so glad that I'm, you know, trying, uh, I'm doing better in life now, which you'll hear about. But, um, so, um, in that process, it was as COVID was shutting down, right? So, or was shutting everything down. Mm -hmm. So all I had to do was sit in that goddamn house and pay this MFR to feed me crack. You know what I mean? And, like, it was, I mean, it was easy access. I didn't even have to walk out the fucking door. You know, I it, I had quit my job at the time. You know, lots of things went on. But, um, anyways, that's when it really went downhill. I, I see, this is what I call it. Crack was my destroyer, but meth is what brought me to my knees. Mm. So, crack destroyed me and took me to rehab. Right, my parents, I stole, like I said, I stole from my parents. And my parents gave me an ultimatum. Um, go to rehab or go to prison for five years. And so I'm like, all right, rehab, let's go back it up. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was ready. I was like, okay. But in my mind, you know, I wasn't ready to fucking get clean. 
And I'm about to announce something on here that Alaric doesn't know, which she's probably going to look at me and be like, why didn't you just tell me? It's an, it's embarrassing to me um, to tell out loud now that I'm clean, but that's it's about honesty. Um, when I was in rehab, I didn't stay for very long because when I was in rehab, um, I had an infected lung uh, pleurisy. Um, painful. Oh my God, fucking painful. Right? Wow. I told, I've, I told almost everybody that's the reason I left. The reason I left was because I walked off the fucking mountain in Tennessee and didn't go back. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Because I didn't want, I just, I was embarrassed to tell anybody and everybody about it because, you know, I just wasn't ready to get clean. Yeah. You know, you have to be fucking ready. Yeah. You just have to be. So you AMA'd. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, peace out, dude. Uh, We ended up in, uh, I was by Gatlinburg, but we ended up in Pigeon Forge. Uh, this old guy, me and, uh, one of my roommates at the, this girl, um, up at the rehab, she deuced out with me. She's like, deuces, bitches. And she, uh, nice horn, dude. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Um, and she, we got this dude to pay for our hotel room. Um, he, and mind you, he paid for a separate, he stayed in one and we stayed in the other. We're not stupid. You know, um, we, we, <laughs> we went through so much in a, to- a 24 hours. It was unfucking believable And, you know, and, and, and it's not even like I walked off that hill and I didn't even want drugs. I just didn't want to be at fucking rehab anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, I cause, sorry because no. your rehab it was like hardcore. Oh and... my god, man! You okay? First of all, they I went to detox, which was four days, no phone. Then I had a seven day blackout, and I could not call anybody. When I when the nurse the nurse had me call my mom for insurance purposes, she would not even let me fucking speak to my mother. I was like, "Hi, mom, I love you," and my mom said, "Hi, I love you," and then that. Like, and it was like, bitch, really? Mm. Like, I'm homesick. And you're, like, completely just, you know, we weren't allowed to have our phones at all. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no, you don't get your phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got two weeks, of, two, two calls a week, 15 minutes. Wow. So, you had to pick. You know what I mean? And at the time, I was still with my boyfriend who, you know, I wanted to call. And I also wanted to talk to my parents, you know? So it was just like shit and and the rehab there was now mind you you know Alaire you tell me your rehab had like a lot of people right Yeah it was there was big. there was 14 girls and six boys at my rehab mm. You know what I mean and we were separated we weren't we weren't even allowed to fucking look at them and it's not even like I wanted to go up there and have sex I was in a relationship you know what I mean mm. it was the fact that you know why can't we fucking interact with other people outside? It's not like we're in our dorms or, right. you know, we are, we're outside. But anyways, I left that rehab, um, walked off the mountain, and I actually stayed clean for a good two, three weeks after that. And then my boyfriend's best friend overdosed. And why does that bring you back into active addiction? Someone dies and you're like, oh, let's get a go get like, high. Yeah, I'm going to use now. Right. Yeah. You know, and it happens. But anyways, so I'm, I'm trying to hurry this up. So I 
Um, walked off the hill, uh, left rehab, came back, it, uh, less than three weeks in, uh, I used again. And, uh, my boyfriend was very, very, very supportive of, you know, me being clean. Because that's all he's ever, ever wanted for me. You know, that's all he ever wanted for me. So, um, uh, I just started using again, and he decided to work in Columbus. So... We came across um, a good bit of money, and we moved down to Columbus for a couple of weeks, and we were staying at these state parks, which, like, we had a tent, like, a, like a, a, you know, things to cook off of, food, coolers, you know. We were just living, <laughs> you know, when I look back, it's not like I think we were living shittily because I wasn't doing crack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't... I think we were doing bars and subs, you know? Um, but when I look back at it, it wasn't It wasn't a bad experience for me because, you know, even though I was using, um, you know, staying at those state parks was pretty fucking cool. You know what I mean? If you ever go and explore the outsides of Columbus, it's pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, but anyway... Uh, we leave there. Oh, he, his best friend dies. Um, and then we come back home. Uh, and, you know, he lost his mind. You know, it was his best friend of 25 years. And I was right by his side, you know, through it all. I tried my best, you know. Um, then, you know, some things happened that I don't want to announce to everyone in the world. That's okay. Um. And we broke up. And, you know, then we got back together. And then we broke up. And then we got back together. And then we finally broke up. And I found meth. And, um... I loved it. And I don't know why. I, like, I'm such a fucking anxious person. <laughs> Let me get as high as I possibly can. And then, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so then I found meth. And meth, meth brought me to my knees because I did the one thing that I swore I would never do in drug addiction, and that was shoot up. Mm. It's not something I like announcing. You know, it's not something I judge someone for either because that shit's addictive. Yeah. Um, I happened to have a really bad experience with it, which made me never want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Which like. Thank God. Bless, you know, the fucking gods up there. come from weird places. Right. That I had a bad experience, or I promise you I would not be here right now talking on a podcast that we we created, you know? Right. And um, so I did that. Um, You started calling me. Um, And, you know, I remember you saying stuff like, you know, I actually want to be alive. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. You know, I, I... This is right after I got out of rehab, by the way. Was, so was he, it? It was pretty much like... It might not have been like right, right, right after, yeah, but yeah. it was like afterward. Yeah. yeah. And you, you kept calling me and saying, you know, I, I just, I mean, every day. And I'm just like, how do you fucking do this? What? You know, what? And she's like, I'm clean. You know, I don't, I don't want... To do drugs, I mean, you know, I have my occasional, like, you know, like, oh. Yeah, cravings you know, happen. Cravings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so I was finally like, you know what, I want this. And so we started going to meetings. Um, 
we uh we went we were nine months clean you got yep. your nine, nine month key tag yeah and that's when we started going around um i got oh, 89 days clean and i relapsed and I realized that relapse, I called and told on myself first thing in the morning. I did it that night, and the next morning I called and told everybody I could. I relapsed. I fucked up. You know, I don't want to do this. Because I was finally getting happy. And this second time around in recovery has been the best. I am five months and 17 days clean. And... I've got my license back. My parents trust me again. They give me permission to use their vehicle, which is a huge thing. Um, I, you know, my, I, I want to live. So then comes, um, I'm going to back up. Okay, so the second time around getting clean, I had relapsed 89 days. I was less than, I was at 23 days clean when my best friend killed himself. Um, he shot himself in the head and killed himself, and I was not expecting it. Um, we had actually had plans to go travel and stuff together, and it, you know, it broke my heart. I thought it was going to bring me down. I thought, I really thought I was going to use. I I was devastated. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, staying up at nights and, you know... And at that time, really, when you first start getting clean again, and I know the relapse was only one night, you still don't have all those feelings back. Man, it takes months and months yeah. to get those feel- all your feelings and everything back in order. So, um, I, you know, I stuck with it. And then, you know, come April 5th, I got a phone call that the man that I was in love with for six years, who I had just broken up with a couple months, six, not even six months before that, had died of an overdose. And, you know, and that's been over a month, almost. Almost two? Almost two here, yeah. And uh, a couple of days, it'll be two months. And, uh, I think everybody was expecting me, you know, not, not my friends and family and support system, but I think there were people expecting me to fail and expecting me to go back out there. But one of the very last things that he texted me and said to me was, I am so proud of you for getting clean. I'm so proud of you for being stronger than I could ever be. And, you know, I think that's something that keeps me clean every single day, you know, and as hard as it is to live without him, you know, um, it, it, it helps knowing that he, you know, every time that he called me and I wanted to punch him in the face and be like, stop calling me, you know, he would say that. He's proud of me, and it, and he loved me, and that no matter what happened, you know, it, he loved me, and that, you know, that's that, you know, and that's where grief comes into our, 
you know, podcasts, you know, I've lost people, you know, next week when you hear Alaire's story, you're, you know, she's lost people. Um, that is just like big bits of my story. Mental illness kicks in when, you know, um, right before rehab, I wanted to kill myself. I tried to kill myself. Um, it didn't work. Um, I, uh, my anxiety is, my anxiety and my PTSD and depression are probably my three biggest, you know, components when it comes to the mental illness. Um, I didn't want to go too deep into my story because I still want to have more to talk about, um, beyond this first podcast that we're doing. Um, but, you know, basically that's where we are. I'm almost two months into the love of my life soulmate if we weren't on drugs that man i swear to god i would have married him his death is probably you know my biggest um or word am i like um what i'm trying to overcome the most you know trying to get through daily without using because it's hard it's difficult but um that's my story in brief you know it's not all there. God, I could go on for hours and tell you guys stories, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's another reason, you know, Lara and I want to do this podcast. You know, we, we've been talking, we talked about this a while back. Yeah. But I finally, you know, I finally decided, you know what? I want my story out there. I want other people's stories out there. And I don't give a F if anybody anybody listens to it if one person listens to it and it saves their life and they want to talk to me or talk to you or get a hold of us you know that's all that matters i'm not here to you know impress and you know yeah you know i just want i just want people to know that there's people out there that are just like you, just as effed up as you, if not more. You know, we we all have our shitty, shitty, shitty times. But I promise you it gets better. In the last five months and 17 days, besides the two deaths that I have dealt with, my life has incredibly changed in a good way it has gotten so much better drugs are not the answer they never will be you know and that's my story guys well Liz thanks for sharing thank you yeah uh is there anything else you want to add um I just want to know like or do you have any questions yeah I do okay um what is your, I don't want to say your favorite part, but, like, what do you think is the best part about being clean? Um, I think, you know what I really think is that recovery is serious, but it's fun. Recovery's fun, but you also find your friends and your true friends. So... It would be like, you know, you find all these friends who are clean and you can go out and do things that 
clean, fun, fun, clean things. You know, you don't have to drink or use drugs to go out. And, you know, we've been bowling um, to arcades, to... What else have we done? Movies. Um, gone to people's houses. Gone to people. Yeah, like we out. just hung out as friends. Yeah. You know, and that is that is my favorite part of recovery. You know, you just having fun and being clean because it teaches us that you know it's recovery is not serious 24 7 you mm-hmm. can go out and have fun with your friends yeah we we hang out friday saturday sunday monday tuesday nights you know what i mean yeah. it just doesn't it, you know we can have fun i think like i know for me personally when i was still in active addiction i thought about being sober as like a death sentence like yes like i'm gonna be so boring it's like, like, how do sober people have fun? Like, how do you do anything? Right. And then we think, oh, we're not going to have any friends. You yes. know, nobody's want to hang out with us. Yes. But, but here's the thing is you really learn who your friends are because your, your real friends, your true friends want to see you sober and clean and they want you to go out and have fun sober and clean. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just. It's a, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. the amount of friends that I have made. Sober, clean, that we can just sit and laugh for hours, yeah. you know? And y'all, when I tell you, like, you find out who your real friends are, like, you really find out. A hundred percent. You do. I don't, I can't even tell you how many friends I've lost. And, you know, it's, it's there, it's. It's on them, you know, something, maybe, maybe, you know, some of them I had to make amends to, whatever, blah, 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 but, sure. um, you know, you really do find out who, you know, is your friend, and you will find, you will find clean friends who want to have fun without drinking or drugs or anything, mm-hmm. you know, they just want you and your company. Yeah. And they want you all the time, like, right. They, no matter what state you're in, right? like, no they matter what's going on. I don't care if you're sad, happy, angry, fucking pissed off, whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they don't care. Nope. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think you did a really great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was really nervous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, we're at 38 minutes. Cool. That's about a 40-minute podcast, which I hope everybody listens to. Um, we love you guys, and tune in next week for Alaire's Story. See you next week. Bye.